All right, y'all, so we're going to roll this back one more again. And Ryan and I are going to talk about uh, kind of our programming strategies after going through Zach's course. And the first thing we want to go through is a couple of videos, one of me front squatting and then another one of Ryan front squatting, just so you guys can kind of visually see uh, what we're talking about. And uh, so I'm going to share my screen real quick, and then I will – so this is, this is a video with obviously better music, bigger quads. Um, yeah, we'll see. You, you didn't even show my video yet, so you can't. <laughs> I mean, that's not. <laughs> I mean, compared to the last video that you showed in this podcast, I would definitely agree that the quads are bigger. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, so I don't think many people would argue in the in the S and C world that this is a it's a decent front squat. Like, no one's going to see this front squat and be like, "Oh, we need to completely rework that." But that's essentially what we're saying here: is there's I'm at no time counter mutated at all. Like, if you look at the top of this movement, I'm still not, I'm still not counter mutated right there. I'm mutated. Um, so that means that I got to completely tilt my pelvis another way and then be able to maintain that. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is, and, and like, for instance, that's, that's a load that I could probably do for 15 reps if you let me bounce out of the hole and do what I've been doing for a really long time. Um, and then here's Ryan. You can see it right there. You can see in the pelvis. His pelvis is in a completely different position. And then you can't extend in this position because you lack hip extension, correct? Yeah. So this is actually – yeah, this is the one set I tried doing without the extra heel elevation. You can see the plates in front of me. I was doing these with even more of a heel elevation, which I ended up going back to because, I, like, it's just freaking impossible. Like, this is – I'm definitely more – counter mutated in this position to, to compare to yours, but I'm still not really where I think, uh, you know, Zach would, would want me to be for this. Um, and I, I don't want to speak for him, but there's definitely more like that's about as much range as I have. And I'm only reason I'm able to even get there is because I'm betting my knees. Uh, like you said, I can't fully extend my hips, especially if I'm going to try to stay in some semblance of, of counter mutation. So yeah, it's just a very different position. And this is freaking work just to hold that there. And this is light relatively for you. This is like 235. Yeah. And I think I think that's this is the the big conundrum that I mean that looks that looks solid. Like look how far your knees are forward. Like we yeah. would I mean maybe not perfect, but definitely a lot different. But then we get into, I think, where we're both kind of struggle bus is where does this, where does all this fit in? Where is this a main lift? What, because this, as far as loading, like we're both so far off our loading schematic. And so maybe we're, maybe we're overloading the quads because of this new position, but what do we, where does this really fit in? Where do we treat this? Um, and it was really cool when we, we showed our programs to each other. Uh, that sounded terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. It is, it is. <laughs> so we, we, went, <laughs> we went over, we both like just, just went our separate ways and created our own little program schematics. And granted, we've worked together for a while, so we would expect them to be somewhat similar, but they're almost, they're nearly identical. Um, and so I'm going to share my screen and then we can, we can jump through mine. And then we'll, then we'll kind of show yours. And so what I, what I did here is I'm thinking of tenants that when we program, what is the number one thing that I'm looking for first? 
it's, it's volume across muscle groups, sets per week per muscle group. Um, and I think what a lot of people, and, and we've both, we've talked about this a lot. What a lot of people do when they find a new shiny thing is everything changes. And that's what I would stay away from with this type of material is, you know, you have some, we have some fundamental principles. We have some, some really, really good things that we know have that our work, let's not throw those to the, to the dogs. Let's, let's, let's just make sure that we have the meat and potatoes and then we can kind of sprinkle this other stuff on. And then maybe even over time, maybe this can become more of our meat and potatoes. And, and so the, I, these, if you're not, if, if you're not an advanced trainee, I wouldn't recommend probably doing either of these programs just cause they're so high in volume for the week. Like mine is essentially training upper and lower three days a week. And then the bulk of my volume is coming from accessory movements. There's only really four sets of incline and bench on this. And then you have the, then I got the repositioning drills in the first, in the first part, and then a cool down, essentially repositioning drills. And then everything in green are exercises that Ryan and I pretty much treat as repositioning drills in and of themselves by how we, how we think about coaching them. Um, and, and so the, the volume on this is, is high, but there's not a lot of compound barbell work. You got some front squats here, but otherwise split squats here, but otherwise it's, it's pretty what much all a lot of your compound work. You're also doing the pause right right now. So it's, uh, loads are going to be a little bit, a little bit lighter. Yeah. The, so the bench is all paused. The, the front squats are with the pause. So that's all I'm the thought process there is I'm taking out that, that east just that elastic component and trying yep. to use more muscles. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what this does. Cause I, I just don't know the, my big conundrum is like, I don't know if we count this. Like, I don't know if this gets to count um, for sets on the quads. That's my, that's my big conundrum. I'm not, you know, I'm not counting this, this alternating floor DB press. I'm not counting that as a tricep or a chest movement. I'm just counting it as a warm up, And so, um, that's kind of, that's my big conundrum, but I also don't necessarily know that it matters because I have, I built so many backups in here because the leg extensions, I have, I have 12 sets of quad volume just on leg extensions. And then my, the leg press that we have down here is pretty quad dominant. Um, so there, there I'm picking up another six sets. So I'm already at, you know, I'm already at 18 sets on quads without counting that. So I think the big thing that, that I always think about is, Hey, if this doesn't work, can I have backups on backups? And that's partly because I, that's probably because I live in Costa Rica and everything. Like you have to have that. So it's, it's somehow made it way. It's made its way into my programming. Um, and then you did, you did break your leg press too. So you, you kind of need to have some, some backups for, it's not broken. for the backup backups. We got to fix it. Uh, it's, it's, we got to fly in. I'm going to have to fly back to get this little red wheel. Um, poor, <laughs> poor and so the, the cool downs I have here are this decline quadruped on elbows, or if you can't get that one, a rock back. And, and my main goal in these cool downs is I'm making the assumption that people are anterior and posteriorly compressed. And I'm trying to get some, some, I'm trying to get some air in that posterior mediastinum. So essentially what we're saying is like the upper thorax is just like to squish. Like the easiest way I love like Zach's um, tooth face analogy where like essentially if you just, took a tube of toothpaste and just squeezed down, everything would just move down to the bottom. And that's kind of what happens at the rib cage is like people just get so compressed up top that all the air just has to push down. And you'll see that in the way that people breathe and see that in the way that they move. Uh, and I think most weightlifters 
tend to fall into that category, if not just most people in general. Yeah. And I think if you train, that's where you're going to be. So that's, I just thought of that avatar when I was building this out. And the other thing I realized in, in the past like 24 hours of just thinking about this is none of this, this program doesn't necessarily look complicated at all. Like it's, it's pretty cookie cutter and the, but the devil is in the details and that all of these things in green are probably, so I've, I, I'm, I'm going to give people this program, but if you don't know like the principles in which we're kind of why we're going to exhale and reach on a chest fly, then I don't know that this program is going to be that different or that helpful for you. Um, so that, that's the big thing for me is if, if you haven't under, if you don't understand these principles, then you're not going to get the most out of this program because there's, there's just some things, there's some basic tenets like that position where you have your head stacked over your, essentially your anus pretty much. So your, your, your whole, your head is stacked over your thorax, which is stacked over your pelvic diaphragm. And so if you're not maintaining that in a lat pull down or, you know, a tricep extension, you're probably out of position. And so those are just kind of the big things that the big things that we're looking at. And yeah, in order for you to get there, it's probably gonna be very challenging. <laughs> yeah. And, and what we've saw is like people, people can't maintain that position. So everything pretty much turns into an ab exercise until they can. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is really weird. Like, so I, I'll put people in, I'll put strong, we'll put strong people in that lat pull down position and, and we'll legit put 60 pounds on a cable and they have no shot at maintaining and their abs are going crazy. Yep, yep. Uh, and their lats aren't really the limiter yet. So I, that's, that's the other thing is because people have gotten big without ever thinking about any of this stuff. Real, 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 real big. So I think Ryan and I are both willing to shoot ourselves in the foot possibly for, you know, a good 12 weeks or 16 week block. And I think the worst thing that happens is it's, is it's kind of maybe like a deload cause we're just doing a bunch of stuff that we're not very good at yet. Um, but once that novelty wears off and your neural system kind of cues into these new patterns, I think it could be really, really helpful. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think, you know, like we talked about one of the, the nice things about both uh, your schedule and my schedule is we have the time to train, you know, so we can mess around. Like, I mean, I'm doing a lot more compound lifts because I, I really do want to see just a, more of an experiment just to kind of see if I'm able to rewire some of this stuff. So I'm spending a lot of time doing like kind of shitty front squats, you know, like I, I can't really load them that heavy. I also can't really do what I'm trying to do yet, but I'm, I'm, I have enough time to play with it, you know? And I, I think that that's like, you just have to know that. So I, I would be, I'm not sure what I would do with all this. If I had someone who was pretty stuck, but not in any kind of pain. And I was just presented with this information and I was, I don't know if I would really give this to them if they didn't have a lot of time. Um, Cause I don't want to pull away from their, their training adaptation. But I think that what you would do is kind of exactly what you're doing. You know, you have these easier positions. Like if you're laying down on the ground, and you have your belly, like if you're doing a tricep extension on the ground, like in hook line, that's super easy to maintain that position. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that probably in the first couple of weeks of doing that, you probably won't really feel your triceps that much. The limiting factor is going to be holding that position, but that'll change very quickly. Now, you and I have both, both experienced that. We've done that with plenty of other people. So I'm hoping that, you know, with a, just being diligent with this stuff over time that I, I'm hoping that the same thing will happen with an exercise like a front squat uh, or at least to some degree. 
Maybe we've seen Edmund. It's going to take longer. Yeah, I, mean, I think we guarantee that. Um, but but even just from from last week to this week, uh, I don't have any videos from from the the previous week. Uh, but they're they were definitely feeling better in, in terms of how how I, I was able to kind of nutate my sacrum, how I was able to get the knees translating forward more on the on the front squat. So I, I'm pretty hopeful that things can can uh, change uh, to a degree. And I'm even I'm not even against like from a if I wanted to count these sets, what I what what we might do, which would be absolutely atrocious, is lighten this up and just kind of do metabolic work with these front squats. And I, I think that's probably the best strategy, even, even just thinking about it in my head right now, is like that's really – I don't think we're going to be able to necessarily load this up and have it do anything. So maybe just maintaining that position, and that's going to be hell on wheels, especially with yeah. the especially with the pre-fatigue oh. of the hack squats. So that hack squat is that hack squat is a reach, and that's, that's the only way that I've been able to maintain that counter mutation, and it's still pretty light. If I go heavier, I can feel myself bail out real easily because it's got because it, it's got the pad on the back so i can i can feel when my, my pelvis fails um and i think that's what you're seeing in the, the front squat too is like you can you're starting to become aware of okay that like if i go too heavy or if i if i de descend too quickly i'm going to boot my pelvis is going to flip around mm -hmm. yeah i think it's you you almost just treat it as like you know it's a different a completely different thing I think we talked about, you know, a little bit beginning about training uh, beginners. Like when you first start training people, you're not going crazy doing all these calculations. How many set, how many weekly sets are they doing? How many sets at or above eight RPE are they doing? You're just teaching them how to lift. And, and that's, so, and, and anything that you do because it's so novel is going to produce a result. That result is going to look a lot different for someone who's been doing it for 10 years. Like, I don't think that we're going to start are mutating the sacrum by 10 degrees and all of a sudden they're going to have this massive hypertrophy growth uh but i hypertrophy and growth and, and that's that's good stuff yeah uh that's what you want you don't want hypertrophy you want hypertrophy growth um so but i don't think you're going to see it like this huge change you know but i think that it's it's still the same kind of thing you have to earn the right to count your sets like if you've been training for three months you haven't earned the right to be tracking your training volume and focusing all these numbers and doing all this data shit like that. That just that doesn't apply to you. You still need to learn how to live. And that's kind of how I see these exercises. Like, I think we're, we're both thinking in a way, like, especially like something like the alternating floor press reach. I think that has the potential to actually be a pretty decent accessory exercise. But right now it's so damn hard just to maintain that reach and to keep that position that it's not, we can't count that as price at volume or something right now. Um, but I think it has the potential eventually. And I, I kind of see the front squat being the same way or, or it, bigger exercises like that. So That's it's like, let's drill them. Let's keep them like as uh, let's just consider this a completely separate program from the program. And let's just wire these patterns in. Let's get good at them and then eventually hope that we can use them. And then if we can't, you know, what the hell? Like then we, we wasted 12 weeks. Yeah. I think that that's, if we spend two to three months doing this stuff and we, we can't really change things too much. I don't know, man, whatever. Like at least I, I, I think I've from like an injury prevention standpoint, I think it's a good thing to be able to move in different ways. Like, like I think that if I can put a bar on my back, I can do a lot of different things with it. Um, aside from just doing asinine stupid shit. Like I think that I'm going to be better off just in general. And I can even feel like, you know, soreness is not always the biggest indicator of, of what's happening. But I, I think in the case of people that have been lifting for a while, it does tell you something. And 
I can tell you my legs feel a lot different today. Um, just in like the places that I'm sore, uh, compared to when I would normally do that workout, which I was doing. You know, my quads haven't gotten sore from like a squat in a really long time. Like the first time I felt, I felt like my quads getting any type of, of big loading was like when we moved to more machine based, like just mm-hmm. slaughtering leg presses and hack squats. Yeah. Um, and, and so that, that tells you something. Yeah, I agree. I think that if, if it most, how most people are doing we talked about that in the, in the podcast was that I just don't think the quads are a limiter for most people how they're squatting anyways. So if we're going to count them as, and, and when we're talking about like counting sets for volume, we mean that in order for you to count a set, you have to go to probably at least an eight RPE or one or one or two reps in reserve. Um, and, and most people, especially if you're new, your neurological system, you're not even going to be able to go close to that point. Um, you, you can't grind yet. And so that's, that's one of the big things that we're thinking about is if, if we can't, if we can't get to a point where we can show a velocity drop off and we can get to these ranges where we know that we're building hypertrophy. So we're quote unquote getting effective reps. We can't count that as a hypertrophy set. That's not, that's kind of in this gray area of just movement, which isn't bad. It's just not, if you're, if you're new, you don't have to worry about this because anything is going to, you could gain muscle riding a bike. Like you don't, it doesn't matter. You could gain muscle like doing the worm, like, cause you're, cause it's, everything is a novel stimulus. But once you've been doing this for a really long time, um, you only get to count sets if the effort is there. And, and we've both seen that. So if these, if this new shiny thing of this new protocol of, of, of keeping a breathing of keeping a torso stacked on a pelvis. Like if that makes you more fragile, if that makes you all of a sudden not do any sets that are counting for anything, that's a problem. Um, and I think that's what we're both trying to stay away from because neither of us are in pain. If you're in pain, that's maybe a different, that's maybe a different story, but if you're not in pain, don't, don't all of a sudden just completely rework your program when you get, when you go through this stuff. So let, let's, uh, let's jam on yours. Cause I want to, I want to see, I know you showed me the other day, but, it's a little bit different, I think. More compound. Yeah, definitely more compound. Uh, I just have to remember how to actually share this video. Yeah, because it's a big green button that says share. Okay. I've been using technology for years now. Um, all right. So can you see my screen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So here's where I'm at right now. I'll just skip right to week two because this is kind of what I started doing a lot. This is just such a mess to look at at one time. But so – yeah, similar, like, let's say take it day by day. Like, I have basically, like, four and a half lifting days right now. Um, just coming off, like, a work capacity cycle, so I'm going to be building my volume up over time. But I, I, I did want to take some time to focus on some heavier compound lifts, just working on technique. Like, I still do want to compete in powerlifting in the future. And uh, I wanted some time to play around with some of this stuff. You had so, a point two two meters per second on a dead, dead stop? That's pretty terrible. Yeah. That that for me is like that was probably a, a like a six R point uh, two two no fucking yeah dude yeah man I was pulling those point one threes and I was feeling like an eight and a half or a nine my deadlifts can move super slow and uh, like I mean the intent was to move those as fast as possible on on these sets and uh, yeah I mean that's kind of what I that's what, with the push I, yeah that's with the push which ends like it ends up picking up like extra reps and stuff like I think like when I like kind of yeah, do my you mad do. thing. Yeah, yeah do, I guess yeah. it starts picking up rest, which I think count. You know, it's count for something. It counts for something. You do your little hip yeah. hop at the bottom. Uh, yeah, it's good. Like, it's, wow. it's oh, this is 
head. This is a fucking, that's a day right there. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty cool day. Like, and I, I did this, I did this yesterday and, um, like I'm, I'm, was that yesterday? Yeah, I did this yesterday and my legs are like super sore, like for whatever that's worth, you know, and it's not like, this is week two of the program too. And I was just thinking about some different things. Like, I don't think any of this was perfect. Um, but I was just working on counter mutating a little bit more on these front squats. And, uh, you know, I was still definitely like coming, I was able to maintain it on the way down. And as soon as I start coming up, like you see that, that kick back with the hips, you know, we'll see what, what ends up happening with, with all of that. But I think that they're kind of counting towards something. So what I, I do is I have total sets and I also have sets at or above eight RP. I'm, I'm kind of putting an asterisk next to this stuff because yeah, they were hard, but I don't think, like you said, it really counts towards uh, that quad volume like it normally would if we're, you know, compared to like a hack squat or leg press or something. Um, and then at the end here, I have this, uh, this like front, I call it like a front rack terminal hip extension hold. Because one thing, if you look at that video, like, like we mentioned, like I, I can't straighten out my knees without completely losing my pelvis, like it going to like the next town behind me, right? Like, so I, I need to, like the only way that I can really stand up in that position is I have to have my knees like pretty significantly bent, which kind of matches my table test. If you take me into an overs test, like I have very little hip extension. So, and it kind of seems to match up like where my knees would be bent on an overs is kind of like where I can stand up on a squat uh, without losing my pelvis. So I have this, this front rack uh, terminal hip extension thing in there thinking about what Zach was saying about needing some form of stress. Like if stress got you into the place that you, that you are, and for us, that's weight training. You probably need a somewhat significant stress to pull you out of it. Millions of reps. Like we're talking each of us, probably millions. Um, I'd have to calculate yeah. it out, but millions of reps for sure. Yeah, literally. Like, so, I mean, do we really think we're going to be able to change that by just like laying down in 90, 90 and just like hitting some breaths? Like that stuff's super important. You better have that as a, like a foundation to be able to do this stuff. But I think at some point we need to start doing things that are a little bit more difficult. So what this is, I'm just loading up the, the bar in a front rack position. I'm getting down to that place where I am able to counter nutate. And then I'm just trying to stand up like with, while still keeping that, that counter mutation. And that was freaking hard, man. Like, like it definitely like a lot of stuff going on with, with the hamstrings and glutes, like just feeling some different things. So uh, there's something again, like I'm going to play with for a little while. I don't think it's ever going to get like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to flex my lumbar spine. Like really? Um, but I think it can get a little bit better than it, than it has been. And I think that that's kind of all you need a lot of times. Like I, you know, we talked about just like evolutionarily, like how the hell would we have made it here if we needed to, every step that we take needed to be in this, this perfect archetype of, of what gait is like, it's impossible. Like we just never would have survived. Right. Like, so we're not that damn fragile. Um, I just think that if you can open up different, uh, different options, like that's probably a good thing. And that's all I see this as being. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, so I'm just, I'm counting this stuff as just like nothing. It's just, just like resets. Which like, is which honestly, is as well. which is honestly, so if we, if we really think about it, if you just, if we just let us do squat, how we were squatting before, I don't think our squat was probably driving us much hypertrophy for us. Anyways, we are just squatting to squat weight. And so mm -hmm. I don't necessarily see these as, as really taking from a hypertrophy standpoint, from a strength standpoint, that's kind of where we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, 
maybe maybe opening up these new neural patterns is going to give you more strength, which would potentially give you the ability to do more hypertrophy and, and potentially load up different muscles in different path and different patterns, which is possible. I mean, that's the whole concept behind using supplemental lifts. Like that's why powerlifters will front squat at certain times of their training because they're trying to increase their back squat. I don't see this as any different, really. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just taking it to another degree. So yeah, I think if you're able to hold this position and this, like if you can still use your legs in this really hard new position, I think when you go back to not giving a fuck, like, I think you're going to feel pretty damn good. I don't think you ever lose the ability to extend. Like it's so innate. Like you're, you're never going to forget how to do that. I, Cause I think that's a fear a lot of times. Like I know for me, at least when I first started looking at this stuff, it's like, man, like I don't even want to mess with this. Cause like, I don't want to, I don't want to ever not be strong. Like I enjoy picking up heavy shit. Like that's part of who I am. Like I, I think I, that's, I need that. There's also this weird thing like Lucy commented on, and this has nothing, nothing necessarily against Lucy, but there's also this very like weird thing in the physical therapy world where they're like, Oh, look what I can do. I can take away all the weight and he can't do it. I'm like, and that, that, that kind of makes me a little bit weird. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, it's his first time trying a new exercise. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like giving somebody deconditioned 225 pounds on their back and just say, I like it just, you know, his spine just exploded. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. Like I get, I get the point. Like, but if that can't be the, so the, the, my thing is like, yeah. So he's strong as fuck. Like him doing a trap bar squat with just the bar is not going to be a good, it's not going to be enough of a stimulus to do anything for him. So we can't treat that as a main lift. Um, and so that maybe we could eventually once you yeah, got, once you got su super good at it, but that kind of the, that's what kind of irks me. And, and, and I might be taking that completely out of context. I probably am. I won't, don't make assumptions with people on the internet. It's probably just a joke, but I, I think that it, it does um, reflect on something that we, we do have a problem with, and that's in the fragility of some physical therapists. And then the, the essentially the naive realism of a lot of coaches and that they can't do any wrongs. And then the answer is always loading someone up. So I think that we, instead of fighting and, and getting out our pitchforks and yelling at each other and taking away all the weight and then putting on all the weight, maybe we should work together and figure out like how to blend these two things in a way that, you know, still produces a, a good stimulus for people. Hmm. Cause it's like anything, man. Like you, you want to be able to go everywhere, right? Like, and body composition training, guys, body composition training, which is what most clients want that are going to pay you money coming from the general population. Body composition training is, is not dangerous. Like does not, can be super, super, just yeah. super, super safe. Um, and so now, now if you're trying to break a world, like if you're trying to break a world record powerlifting total, or you're trying to snatch, you know, 350 pounds, like that's a different, that's a different thing. A completely different thing than, you know, trying to get your sets up to 15 sets per, per muscle group per week and be able to adapt from that. Um, and so that looks like a, that looks like a pretty hideous uh, lower body day that is, has some novel stimuluses, but also has some stuff that you're good at. Um, yeah. It was a really enjoyable day. Like it was a very nice balance of me having to be very cognitive about this new thing that I'm working on. And then also just being able to rip like these deadlifts are just deadlifts. Like they're, well, you're they're, real, you're good at, you're, you're good at hinging. Like you're good. I at will deadlift. never ever change my deadlift ever again. I don't care what 
information is presented to me, like I'm pretty open to change, like in, in like accepting things and I'm always looking for things I'm doing wrong. In the case of my deadlift, I can do no wrong. I'm never changing it again. Like I'm very, cause I've been through so much shit. Me and my deadlift are like the worst ex-girlfriend ever. Um, and we finally got back together. We're getting married. So <laughs> I don't want to hear any other shit from my parents. Like it's like the, it's been like just such a struggle. Um, but I've had so many problems. Like literally I went in every week in like 2014 for like a year and a half. Um, I just went in every week and just blew my back out deadlifting like every week. Like it was just going like pop now. Well, okay. I'm done. <laughs> done for today. And I'm like, well, I'll try it next week. And like the same shit. Like, so I, I just, I was able to find a technique that worked well for me. And, and I'm saying that like, because if you found something that really works well for you, then like, you know, consider what other people are saying, but don't think you have to throw everything else out because like someone who says bigger words than you is telling you you're not doing it right. You know, but I think like you want to listen to what that person says, but also take your own stuff into, to account, you know, and that like for, for me like that, I, I don't know if what people think of like, if I'm, you know, I, I'm sure I could be doing something different on my deadlift that that would make it more optimal in whatever way, but like for, touchy subject for you. It's very touchy. Like I get very passionate about it because it looks like the same off. Dude, why did you bring that up? Like, why did you have to say I didn't bring it up. <laughs> no, it's like, but I have to remind myself too, because like, you know, we all want to like change our clients. We all want to like, we're trying to do what's best for them, but we would be all full of shit. If we said that part of it wasn't ego, like you want to be the person that like fixes stuff because it feels good to you too. Like you want to be the guy that people go to. Well, so, this is also an ego hit. Like this, this pause, sure, yeah. this pause front squat at 235, like that for some people that might seem heavy, but that's a, that's an ego hit. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like you and I probably we're, we're sensitive, we're sensitive flowers. So we can only take, you know, so many of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you gotta give me something, man. You gotta, like if you, <laughs> if you took away, if you took away my like ability to squat, my ability to binge and my ability yeah. to do like the ability to train, to accessory movements to failure. I don't know. That would be pretty weird. That's a really good point though, because like we forget that stuff when we're working with clients, you know, it's like you, you might know, like you, you might be so damn sure that this is the best thing for them, but sprinkle it in. Like you don't, don't change the whole thing, especially if you have someone who really enjoys training. Like you want them to continue to enjoy training. So if you, if you write your own programs, like find ways to still enjoy stuff, like, but you know, except that there's probably better ways to do certain things. Um, let me use this. Yeah. So this is just, just like the other two days you want to just go through these real quick. This is more of just like, uh, really simple. So this is all machine shit, right? So I can just go rip like front squats. I'm going to probably let these go a little bit more. There's wow, no, you got, you got both, you got six sets of leg curls. So, so you're picking up a ton of hamstring volume down there. Yeah. Yeah. I was told that, um, not only was my multifidus, not big enough on stage, but also my hamstrings. So I, I need to work on hamstrings uh, this off season. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of hamstring stuff. Uh, and then this is just like a super kind of bro lifting day. So like, I think I'm still able to get all the things that I want. So if you really look at it, like in the grand scheme of things, like I'm only spending 45 minutes a week where I'm really messing around with, with this new stuff. And I think that that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think if you do too much of this, anything, if you do anything too much right off the bat, like, uh, you know, if you go and read some Joel Jameson's book and you just start doing every single method in there, uh, for aerobic training, like you're, you're going to be destroyed. Like there's just no reason to go there. So I, I look at this as it's just completely different part of training. 
uh, just the new thing to add in and you just like work it in slowly. Uh, I don't know that you have to change everything. And that to me is like, you know, that's, that's a big change from what, what I was introduced to in the beginning when I first got into this field. Cause it was like, you go to, I mean, back then it was like, you go to an FMS course and like, you know, you're doing everything wrong. Um, which <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the, that's a, that's a whole different conversation, but like, it just makes you feel like, Oh shit. Like I can't train anymore. Like I need to be doing like all these, uh, like half kneeling, like anther rotation holds and stuff. And like, this is my training now. I'm like, that sucks, man. Like I, like I would rather just like bash my face into a wall repeatedly. Like I would, I can tell you, I would enjoy that way more than probably what those programs would, would have told me to do. Um, so I don't think you have to lose any of the things that you really like. You know, when you maybe, stuff. I would, I would say maybe you have to lose them in the way that you perform them on like on a continuum. So if you've just been, that's, that's, I think what we're really, really big on is if the quality of your movement. So I think it's, it's much easier to maintain a position and an express effort. in when you have more points of contact, um, yeah. And so that's where machines come into play to me is because people, if we have someone who is, you know, if they can't maintain these positions or they don't want to rip it on, on compound barbell lifts and that might, that's not even necessary. Really. You just have to put them in positions, put them in, um, give them exercises that they can express effort. And, And to me, the, I made this, I made this, I guess you would call it a vlog. I don't know, fucking know what I'm doing with my life. Um, but but I made a I made a thing because there's there's this big there's this big hubbub about like there's this new training to failure study which is between you and I pretty poor. I, I like I can't really tell how trained these guys are. They did six sets of back squats, so they did six sets of back squats to to some one group went to failure the other group didn't and then they're they were measuring like vastus lateralis hypertrophy and in 10 weeks these guys gained like 25 to 40 percent on their vastus lateralis i think they went from like 2.5 centimeters to like almost three centimeters on cross-sectional area so that that to me is like a big uh just in that study alone like i i don't know that my quads have increased 25 percent ever um in especially like in 10 weeks and so this idea right now, so I get really worried when like fragile concepts kind of just make their way, just, just permeate through the internet. And so now like everybody's bashing training to failure, but this study was only compound barbell movements. Basically they had like one accessory lift and it was, and it was like 10 weeks, no deload, just like crushing people. Um, and, and my guess is they weren't super trained anyways, but I think that, these single joint movements in in machines, I don't, those just don't have in doing this stuff and tracking velocities, those just don't have the same effect inside the training session and inside the training week, inside the mesocycle, inside the, the macro cycle. They just don't have the same effect. Whereas if you're constantly taking a deadlift to legit, to legit failure on your life, even one set, um, that's going to take, that's going to take a lot. I think even deadlift and squat, I don't even think it's going to take that much. I think it'll like on a bench press, what I've seen is it'll take away from that session. Like if you take one set to failure on a bench, it'll take away from that session, but it's not going to, it's not going to wreck your training week. Whereas I think if you legit take a deadlift to a 10 RPE, a legit 10 RPE, that could potentially crush your, your training week. Um, 
And so I would say, how are we counting? How are you going to, if you're going to build, I would, I would challenge people, you know, I'll give you my Excel program. No problem. You can have it. Um, but I would challenge you to kind of go through this stuff and then build your own program. And, and that's, that's, I think where the, the creativity and then, and also just the case study aspect of learning is take this stuff and then, and then make it your own. And so that's what I think we both tried to do without, and, and if someone else probably gave us a program, they would have taken away some of our teddy bears. And I think we both know that we, there's just some stuff you probably can't take away with us from us at this point in our training career. And that bad or good, you might be able to, you might be able to shift it out of our program over time. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working on right now is not taking my bench to failure repeatedly, which is really, really honestly, like it sounds stupid, but that's really, really hard for the people that I train with because we have that VBT, we have the gym aware, and now there's this big thing about who can hit the slowest number. And so, so the, I knew that shit was going to be a problem. I saw you doing that. I was like, man, someone's going to die or just <laughs> or something like, like <laughs> but you need, to, you need to figure that out at some point you got to figure out how what is what is actually a 10 like we said on my deadlifts like oh that's a six for you like yeah well that because i know that because i've been there but i knew that yeah that was gonna get out of control <laughs> i hit three i hit three reps the other day under point two so normally normally you would stop people on a bench like at point two. Like that that's a nine, that's a nine RP. Nope. I just fucking went three more. It's terrible. Yeah, you you own I mean, I pretty confidently say that you own the slowest bench press ever. I mean, I've seen like some like straight up like twelve second reps Jeez. out of you. It's like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> then, like, if I was in a gym, like the, four the four videos, people four people were trying to help me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Fine. Fine. I got it. But again, some water. <laughs> and, and so that, but we joke about it, but that is directly related to strength and and training status. So I think like if we look, my deadlift is pretty terrible. I don't really care about it. I don't want it, and I, I just don't want to grind deadlifts. Like I see a point two two deadlift, and I'm like, and that like you saw the kind of fear in my eyes, like. That like I don't want to do that because I know how. But you like point two two deadlift. Um, that this uh, is fucking. You know that's a Sunday, um, and so so that's that's kind of cool. And, and so people when you people see that and they might get worried, but for us, if you've been trained a long time, those there's some things that you've probably bulletproofed, and and that's that's great. And so don't just don't just throw that out because you guys there's some new thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, your own training experience better than anybody else. So if you're working with a coach, like make sure you let them know that stuff for sure. And that, that's, uh, and be honest with yourself, like legit. I think a lot of people come to us and, and they think they're, they're more trained than they are. And I don't, I don't mean this to be negative, but that's where kind of body composition and then asking people like how much they're lifting on certain things. Like we can get a sense of it pretty quickly of, of, of where they're at and how much room they have left to grow. Um, and, and we don't really get to talk about this, this idea of genetic potential. I don't think we ever really get to talk about it because it doesn't necessarily matter. You just keep training. Um, and so if you're, if you're new, accept, accept the fact that you're, that you're a novice. And, and sometimes I, I see people who don't want to accept that fact, but that's a really cool place to be where you can be Absolutely. like, if you accept it and, 
and you can, you know, increase weight linearly. Like that's, that's don't, don't try to use these crazy protocols when you don't need them, when you can just essentially just progress low to get better. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to just like get as much out of as little as possible at all stages of training. Really? I mean, there's no reason. I mean, like if you like my, my volume is lower than yours right now. Um, and that's like, it's not like I'm looking at, Oh shit. Like Ben's doing more volume than me. Like I need to, like you got there, like, you know, that you need to be there. I'm getting results out of what I'm doing right now. Why would I change that? Like, you're also I think, coming off a cut too. Like you're cutting off. You're you're not completely off your season yet, and we've been probably not. Yeah, but even still, I mean, I've never ran volumes. I mean, this is these programs are the highest volumes that I've ever run. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's more than, than what I was doing before. Like hypertrophy doesn't happen because you hit a magical number. It happens because you're doing uh, the amount of work that your body's requiring to actually lay down new tissue. It's not about this like this thirty set. Uh, study that just came out that says like you need to like people that did 30 sets got better results like I don't I don't really care that's cool to see it's like hey well maybe if you're not getting results at at 15 sets like well yeah maybe we should move you up like that's but you need to be there like that doesn't mean you did 15 sets this week and now you need to go to 25 like you need to show me that you've put in the work in terms of your nutrition your sleep your life stressors everything else that you're executing the exercises properly that you're doing all the things that you need to do and that you're no longer getting any result out of that, awesome. Let's go ahead and bump it up. But like until that day, why would you want to go there? I mean, even if you're like us. Like, like you might you might just need to possibly you could do either one. Like I'm a yeah. I'm a big fan of if someone in that situation, I think people are too quick to add volume and not mm-hmm. not not they're not necessarily going to look at how someone is doing that exercise like where are they go that's where that's where velocity is so like why are you gonna add add more sets that they're not going to a good point anyways like mm. yeah. so, and and i know like your volume is is legit and i think that that's cool that you've gotten it's you've gotten essentially so big without going there which means that you know now you can and and if you put me in, a, if you put either of us in a lot of volume calculators with our training age and stuff, they might pop out with, you know, 30 plus sets a week. Now I've, if you've never done 20 plus sets of a week, you don't like, you don't know, like that is a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of time, it's a lot, a lot of, of time. And, and so we've, we've talked about, so my quad volume super high. And then right now, and then backing using different muscle groups, essentially never deloading, but just deloading, deloading different muscle groups and then coming back. And then you have these specialization blocks and then you hit certain muscle groups from a purely hypertrophy standpoint. Um, and that's why this is really, if we get down to the, the nitty gritty of it, I think that's why this is so alluring to us because this could, I, the idea that we could legitimately make our quads the limiter in a squat is it that's that's pretty cool yeah yeah uh, because that's probably something we've never done before and what we may find is that like it just makes more sense to do a light press or mm-hmm. what we might just come back to the same answer but i'd like to try it out you know <laughs> like, yeah i think loading stuff through the axial skeleton is is going to be a wash eventually anyways yeah yeah i would i would agree i but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, I can, I can say that things definitely feel different for whatever that's worth, you know, like there's definitely something different happening. It's a novel stimulus. We might be able to eke something out. 
you know, I, I just think like, you know, we talk about, um, you know, training close to failure and all that stuff and how like sets don't count if they're not at or above an eight RP. But I, I think that like, it's probably I mean, doing, yeah, like six. It's, I don't, I don't it's probably doing something like, like whatever you do, like, it's, you know, like if you're, cause a six RP, like if you actually know how to train hard, like it's not like you're asleep. Like, I mean, like you're, you're doing something. So I, I can't imagine that there's like this magical place where like, you know, because, because what the hell is a 10 RP anyway? Like that's very context dependent. Uh, like we talked about, like people go into, you know, like very strong powerlifters will be like messed up for weeks after going to like a real true one RM. Uh, so like, what is it, what does it really mean? You know, what's your experience like at that place? Like if you've never really been there, like if you don't really know what your 10 RP is like, so I, I just think that we were probably getting, so I look at, I look at that stuff as being like, Hey, you know, maybe it's just like a little extra fluff and I'm cool with that. Like that's, uh, that might be something at the very least, like I'm getting, I'm just working things in a, in a little bit different way. Maybe we're getting some metabolic stress from that. Like maybe we're getting some kind of mechanical tension somewhere. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I, at the, at the very least, I think it's probably going to help with just your, your movement variance and just your ability to get into different positions and, and stay away from injury, which is the, that's huge. arguably the biggest thing. Like if we think from an acute to chronic load status, like that's the thing that's most likely going to screw either uh, screw anybody up. Like I'm, mm -hmm. we're, ha we're having a kid. So the other thing is like sickness and like little kids get sick all the time. So like now I'm, so that's kind of the two biggest things that you're trying to stay away from is an illness or some kind of injury that, that just cuts your training volume out. Mm -hmm. And, and so if this can prevent that, it's, it's to me, it's, it's just a net win, especially if, if the more advanced you are, the less and less, you're picking up results from those big boy lifts anyways. Um, mm -hmm. to, to me, the, the, and the game, the game for me now is, is just how long can I keep training at a high level? Um, and, and you know, there, you, you've gone on stage with some, some 50 year old, 55 year old, even just incredibly jacked humans, um, mm -hmm. who are natural. And so I, I think like if we, if we can keep the wheels on the bus and, and keep, you know, keep driving, keep driving, as much adaptation as we can, who knows where we can go, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's super exciting to me. I mean, that that's where probably the, probably where this is going to end up is that it ends up being, Hey, this is going to help us to do things longer. And I'm totally okay with, with spending 12 weeks, like learning how to counter mutate my sacrum in order to do that. <laughs> like I will take that trade off every single time. Uh, because, and, and like, I know like just even, I mean, maybe I'm a bitch. I don't know. But when I'm injured, I'm not happy. Like, I'm just like, it's not, it's, it's to me, it's not really normal. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm not a strongman athlete. I'm not a crossfitter or something. Like in some sports, like you have to get injured. Like it's just, it's just going to happen. Like you play football, like you're not going to wake up the next day and feel like, oh, I'm ready to go train. Like you're going to feel like shit. Like, um, but I just, I don't really accept that you need to be like in pain to, to get hypertrophy. Like that That's just doesn't not. make sense to me. From a body um, composition standpoint, I, I think like there's the uh, with the repeated bout effect. I you're definitely you would I'm never I would I'm almost never really sore, and and I'm doing 25 sets a week right now on quads, and it's like if you count I don't know the one to one sets on like biceps and triceps, they're in the they're in the 30s, um, yeah, yeah. and and so I don't. I, from a body composition standpoint, like 
if you're chasing soreness or you're chasing pain, you're in the, you're in the wrong place. Like if, if you want to be a masochist and both of us are pretty masochistic, um, I would pick a different sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think it's necessary. I like, I, you know, I still, which is weird. Like I'm always surprised that I still get pretty sore from stuff, but I don't have any like pain, you know, like I don't have any real issues. Like I don't wake up and I'm like, shit, like I got to put on my socks now. Well, I think our pretty <laughs> sore, I think our pretty sore is not very sore. Like that, I, yeah, think, probably. I think our subjective reality is, is, is like when I see people and like, they can't take a shit, like that, that has like, or walking upstairs is different. Yeah. That's not an indicator of a good workout. That's probably not what you're going. That's after. not happening. Like that's, that hasn't happened to me. I don't know. Really long time since I've yeah. been doing CrossFit. And, and it shouldn't, I mean, in a lot of ways, like, um, I mean, you can take the, the research for, for what it's worth, but it seems that when that happens, like all of the reserves are just going to towards repairing what was yeah. damaged. It's not even going towards building new tissue, which makes sense. Like it, cause normally it's going to happen during a very novel stimulus. Like why would your body lay down new tissue for something that like might not ever happen again? Um, yeah. And we're not the, changing tons. We, the other thing that we don't do a lot is we're not like, we're not carnival riding exercises. Yes. Like, yeah, like that drives me bonkers. <laughs> Cause that's what a lot of people do. Cause they want to win, right? They just chase novelty. And so don't let, don't let this new stuff make you do that where you, you change all your exercises and then you spend, you know, six weeks getting, getting okay at that exercise so you can o overload it and then you change it again. And then you're never getting progressive overload. You're just getting fucking stupid neural adaptations and new exercises. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. Like uh, anytime you're adding new stuff in, it's like, that's again, like just another case of why you probably just want to sprinkle stuff in no matter what it is. Like you never revamp everything uh, unless you're just doing something completely stupid. But I, I, you know, I would give everyone credit that's listening to this for as long as they have been that you're probably, you probably care about your training. You probably read some stuff and you're probably doing things pretty well. So, uh, yeah, if you're going to implement anything, don't do it at all at one time. <laughs> and, and if you're, if you're still in this, we're probably, we're probably just preaching the choir. So we should, we should probably be just give you the program if you want it. Um, so you can, my, you can just email me, uh, drhouse at bro research.com and, uh, just say, Hey dude, want the program? Uh, and I'll send you the Excel file and you can have it and know that the sets are pretty high. Uh, how you could knock that off is you could take the sets down per workout, which would be my first choice. Uh, and, or you could t just knock out a day or two days. Um, and so mm -hmm. those are, those are kind of your options of how you could auto-regulate it, or you could go to Zach's course and, uh, create your own program and, uh, either, all of those are viable options. Um, and we appreciate you if you're still listening to this and, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep this show rolling. Cool. Pierre Vida. Vida. Yeah.